Welcome to Ashamed of Thrones, your weekly recap and review podcast for HBO's, um, I got nothing, of a TV show. <laughs> Perfect. A Game of Thrones. Um, we are the only Game of Thrones recap and review podcast out there. I don't think that's true, but I'll go, I'll work under that premise for now. Yeah. Uh, my name is Doug with me, as always, is Brian. No guests tonight. Um... We're talking about episode two of season eight, the final season of Game of Thrones, and I knew before I even asked you via text uh, that you would hate this episode, and I loved it. No, I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I thought it was a lot better version of what they tried to do last week. Yes. Or I saw somebody on, on the internet said, last week was, hello, this is goodbye. Um, still frustrated that we haven't really gotten into the action yet, uh, and God help us, it better be next week, right? I'm quitting the show. I would say we didn't even need uh, the hello. I mean, I think it's for the people who didn't bother to... Uh, it's like for everybody who needed the recap. Like, mm-hmm. I guess we went back and we watched the season seven, uh, but I feel like... I, I don't know. I could have just been happy if if this would have... If they would have made an hour and 20 minute episode and it would have been all of what happened this episode plus like a little bit of the arrival and that would have been good enough for me because... I don't even remember what happened last week, because um, this was so much better. I mean, there were just character moments where characters interacted with each other, and yeah. it was wheel spinning, but I enjoyed every fucking second of it. And I don't, I mean, as much as I give the showrunners shit we have, I mean, everybody does, they're they're flying without a net. I really think they have nothing. They're just making it all up. I feel like they just have plot points, and they're fleshing it out. And normally they do a terrible job, but this, this episode was great wheel spinning, and it set tone, um... It was corny, but I mean, there were some problems with it, of course. I didn't love every fucking second of it. Sure. Uh, but I thought it was just done so much better uh, than last week, and it, it really got me excited for next week. Uh, so it did a job. I don't know. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, I think just the fatalistic nature of it all, like, that's that's really what the big takeaway w- was for me. Like, everybody uh, is really under the impression that they're going to die, and we know that they're going to die, or they better. You know, there is like a... a uh, <laughs> I don't know, because we are flying without a net. I don't know what's going to happen. We have all sorts of guesses. We have all these things that we, you know, we'll talk about our reasoned arguments for what we think are going to happen, but I have no fucking clue. And and that's great, actually, you know, that we don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. they could all survive. They could, everybody could also die. I don't think either of those things are going to happen. I think some people will live, some people will die, obviously. But it's just nice to know that that's a possibility. Yeah, I agree. This this one did really did have a sense of impending doom that was absent from last week's episode. So, um, yeah, I like this episode. Uh, again, I want some action, but I think this is one of the first episodes in a long time that nobody's died either, too, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's not a good Dothraki wedding unless there's three deaths, and there's not a good At game. least. Yeah. Yeah. Did somebody die last week? I think so. Oh, yeah, the, the idiots on the silence. Yeah. The, yeah, who cares? Yeah, I mean, the Umbers, I guess you could oh, say. They, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, people we care, people that are people, quote unquote. Sure. <laughs> I mean, not all life is precious. Uh, hashtag. And God and the Bible. Great choice. <laughs> yes, and God and the Bible. Uh, okay, so we jump right off with uh, Jamie's trial. Kind of an informal trial. Um, it was kind of like. Um, uh, little fingers thing. Only it was just a bunch of people saying, uh, but I kind of liked it. So uh, I'm conflicted about it. I want to hear your opinion, but I kind of liked how like quick it was. Um, uh, because I feel like, as you said, we don't have time for this bullshit. As brand said, yeah, we don't have time for this shit. Uh, but speaking of brand, like he doesn't speak up for Jamie, but yet he wants to like make him sweat by like mentioning things he said when he tried to kill. Uh, a little boy. Remember he yeah. said, the things I do for love. And everybody in the room just turned their head <laughs> and just in silence stared at him like, well, are you going to expound upon that? And he doesn't. And they just go on with their day because, oh, the the idiot mute said something um, cryptic. Yeah, and also it, it still continues to baffle me why Jamie doesn't raise the fact that he killed a mad king. He didn't just kill... <laughs> Some yeah. king, and you know he had that great speech with uh, Brienne and yeah. the in some 
bathhouse. Yes. Why did he just say that? I mean, he had a good reason to kill a king. Well, and and here's the thing is, I feel like it it goes to um, once again, Jamie's a devil on his shoulder, de- uh, angel on his other shoulder character, in which the devil on his shoulder is like, yeah, push the little boy out the window and kill him, uh, and keep fucking your sister. <laughs> but the angel on his uh, other shoulder is like doesn't want him to be. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about it for whatever reason. Like, right. I don't know whether it's trauma or he wants to suffer for it. Like, he feels like he's conflicted about it internally. He knows he did the right thing, but he feels he has to suffer by being called the Kingslayer forever because of it. I don't know. But what they could have done is had Brienne mention it, which would have been perfect, right. or even Bran saying, I've seen him. I've seen the past. Your father would have burned everyone alive, talking to Danny. Um, and he saved everybody in King's Landing. He saved millions of people or whatever. So I think they should have mentioned that. And that would have been, that would have served several purposes that should have cleared his name. Number one, um, instead of, I trust him. Good enough for me. Let's, let's go on. But to the whole, to the, like summing it up, I'm glad that they, this, this episode, remember I was bitching last episode. Like, it's like these people don't realize that there's an army full of dead people coming, but they're there for that purpose. This episode, it seemed like everybody has accepted it and are acting like, okay, shit's going to make real. All this, like, throne bullshit uh, is kind of unnecessary. I know they did more to come with the Danny and Sansa thing, but for the most part, I feel like that this being quick was good because they realized that, uh, who cares? We're all going to die. Right. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Anything else about that uh, that scene? No, not that I can think of. Oh, why did Grey Worm get all pissy with him and like shove his sword into his chest hard when he was like excused? Do you remember that? No, I didn't really notice that. Yeah, so like, okay, he can stay. And then Grey Worm's like gives him his sword and then like gives him like a alpha male of the group kind of shove with his sword right in his chest. It was weird. With, yeah, strange. <laughs> I did not see notice that, but I believe you. All right, well, don't believe everything. <laughs> I am a liar. Okay. All crows are all liars. All right. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, Danny telling Tyrion that he's fucking up, and then later Jorah speaks up for him. I don't know what this was about besides uh, trying to reestablish Tyrion as not being useless, which it seems like they've been setting him up to be dumb for a long time now. Or maybe yeah, conflicted. I don't get uh, this this whole thing or what the point of it is, other than maybe setting up Danny as a possibly bad guy. I, I don't really know what they're trying to do with Danny and Tyrion uh, really at all. Um, her tone's been odd and, you know, having a one, you know, they just, they're trying to flip people's um, status in the world in terms of their smartness in very short order. And I don't know that it makes a ton of sense. I mean, Tyrion did screw up, but uh, you know, if she actually doesn't trust him, then she needs to get rid of him. I don't know why she would have him hang around if she thinks that he's working for Cersei. Um, and then for Danny just to turn it around and Jorah so quickly, uh, just uh, Danny in general is odd throughout this episode too. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know. Th- this was weird to me. I, I agree, hundred percent. That way, I agree. <laughs> they did something so, that uh, on our sister podcast, The Shameful Dead, we review uh, the awful AMC show about uh, people, which sometimes has zombies in it. Uh, the Walking Dead. We talk about they do this almost every episode. They've gotten better this past season, but like. One character will have one opinion, and then another character will argue the opposite. And then by the end, the character that ha- the first character that had the strong opinion got swayed and like does a three sixty or not, or one eighty, and and like agrees with the person. And I feel like that's what happened with Danny. Like Danny's like Tyrion sucks, and then Jorah's like, hey, he's not all that bad. And then at the end of it, uh, Danny's like, no, you're not all that bad. You're gonna stay in the crypts because we need your mind. You're very smart. Um. And they, uh, but they're doing the same thing that I hated last week, where they're telling you people are smart instead of demonstrating that people are smart. I don't know. Don't right. like it. All right, let's move past that because who cares? Um, oh, Jamie and Bran. So after the trial, like Jamie goes to see Bran in the Godswood, and you're expecting it to be meaningful, and it feels like a waste. He's just like maybe there's no afterwards. Just saying, hey, we could all be dead. Um. Yeah, I think the better interpretation of that is that uh, perhaps Jamie doesn't live. Or Bran doesn't because, live. Yeah, it's possible Bran doesn't live as well. But uh, noticeably, you know, Tyrion 
later in the episode sits down with Bran to talk to him about his journey. And then later in the episode, Tyrion says, you know, when they're all in the hall together, yeah, that I think some of us are going to just live after all. So it's possible that that uh, Bran actually told Tyrion uh, something about oh, the yeah. future, what might happen. I think that's on the table because th- that ties into what's really frustra- frustrated me about Bran is he seems to have no particular motive. He's not using any of his powers to help yeah. these people. It, it just I have no idea what the hell they're trying to do with him. So I wrote this down last week, but I didn't uh, talk about it. I know I did think I might have, but I said Bran either needs to be more human or he starts. To, he needs to start being more useful because right now he's neither and he's fucking annoying. I I don't like it. I d- and the one part of this episode where Tyrion's like, uh, you know, tell me all about it. And he pulls up a chair next to Bran so that Bran he has like a nice conversation with Bran. I would have loved to have seen their conversation for two minutes, five minutes. I don't know. What did they talk about? Did Bran, was he just cryptic and weird, or did he tell him useful shit? Who knows? Yes, and that, you, we see a lot of that in this episode, in more and more recent episodes, where instead of having the conversations that uh, they, they begin, instead D&D just cut it off to, to, I guess, create intrigue, which is frustrating me, like with the whole... When uh, Danny and Sansa were interrupted, yeah, yeah, when yeah. John and Sa- Danny were interrupted, and like, I think it's just weak storytelling. They're, yeah. they're trying to create intrigue by just walking away from something that's actually intriguing. So let's jump to that. I I, I will jump around. I don't care. Um, the Danny and Sansa thing I felt was a more eloquent and better use of like the struggle for power than all the bullshit that we got last episode about like who's gonna who's in charge now, who's gonna be in charge later. I feel like it was good because it seemed like. Danny did a good job trying to like play on Sansa's like, hey girl, uh, you know, we know what it's like. And um, you know, Cal Drogo had a much bigger dick than your brother, haha, <laughs> or whatever she said. And I liked that there was that tension there because it seemed well acted and it seemed very contained, but you're right. Right when things were about to like get resolved or at least come to a head, somebody knocks on the door, and then the bullshit about it is there's there were two of these. These Scenes that were supposed to have emotional weight that had none. So they got interrupted because, hey, everybody, Theon's here with like five Ironborn, and I'm going to fight for you, Sansa. And then Sansa gives him a big hug like it's the most uh, chivalrous thing she's ever seen. And there was swelling music, and I didn't feel anything. I was like, okay, well, Theon's going to die next week defending Bran in the Godswood. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. I think part of that was to keep continue to show Danny that she didn't just get to show up here and suddenly she's in charge of everything and everyone loves her. I think that one of the things that we have seen is, you know, these different characters having showing up and having affection for each other because they've been through things, even though some have been harmful to the other characters. But I think part of this is illustrating to Danny yeah. how she doesn't have connections in the North and how just showing up and demanding affection uh, I saw somebody compare it to like a personal transaction versus a business transaction. Um, so I oh, think yeah. that might be part of the reason for the illustration of, or some of these uh, scenes in front of her to just show she's got a lot of wor- work to do if she wants to actually become a beloved queen. It's like, but, uh, oh. and, but the flip of that is that you know maybe she it could be uh, pointing to her turning on the North as well uh, is one one thing that people are theorizing. Well, they are definitely uh, they're laying it on pretty. So Danny is the bad guy. Let's take a break here. Danny is the bad mm-hmm. guy has been a theory for a long time. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we've mentioned it on this podcast, but it just seemed like, um, you know, uh, I mean, they're both two sides of the same coin, John and Danny, right? They are on a very, they're very similar, uh, journeys. Like if you go on and even the show's imagery where like, you know, Danny was being lifted up by all those, uh, darker people. And that was a problem because it was, uh, it was pretty awful. (laughs) Mm-hmm. just a dumb dumb thing to do uh but it was a spiral of a bunch of a mass of people holding her up and then they contrasted that with john being in the mass of people that were dying in the um battle of the bastards so there's been plenty of parallels between the two but the the, the constant has been danny wants the iron throne for some reason she wants the power she wants it because she feels like it's her due whereas john keeps getting elevated not because he wants it, because he genuinely wants to do the right thing. So that is 100% true. That doesn't necessarily mean Danny's a bad guy, but it has been theorized that because she is so ambitious, 
that she is not as worthy of a ruler being she will be the heel or will have to be put down at some point. And that could happen. I don't know. Yeah, very well could. Um, and, you know, they're starting to or trying to drive the hammer or, or I'm sorry, not the hammer, the uh, a wedge between Danny and John, uh, as we saw later in this episode. So we can get to that uh, when we get there. But I did think that this. This conversation between Danny and Sansa, where Sansa picked up on that on how Danny was trying to manipulate her and got to the heart of it, actually did show, I think, once for once that Sansa might actually be smarter right, than uh, I perceived her as. Yeah, right. So I think that's, that's that she's smart instead of just right. another character telling you. Um, so you don't have to make up your mind about it. Uh, but right. yeah, I agree that that was meant to show that like she is a character that is giving. She's getting love from. You know, the Ironborn, another country, guy comes in, not only wants to serve her, but she gives him a hug and everybody loves. There's that, yeah, like you said. And uh, it's a personal uh, transaction instead of business transaction, like Zelensky. The, right. I make tire or brake pads for the American worker because that's what I am and that's who I serve or whatever bullshit. Right. Uh, but you're absolutely right uh, because they show Danny's face when, like, Sansa goes to, like, hug him and they wouldn't do that. Uh, any other reason to show Danny's like having like a oh well maybe I don't I don't belong here or I don't have people's love or, you know I've got the respect then it's that whole thing about power is it better to be feared um, or loved as a ruler just putting it out there let's move on mm-hmm. okay so uh, yeah 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 the yeah, next yeah. then we have Danny and Theon of also I still don't really understand them dumping Yara off um, I mean, I guess I don't know what they really would have done with her, given that she's, I mean, she's a pirate, though. You think that she has the ability to fight. You know, she did invade uh, Ramsey's castle effectively, yeah. and the Ironborn are supposedly tough as nails. So I don't know why they didn't just keep her around for to fight in this thing, unless she's going to play some other role that we just don't see right now. But it's also hard for me to believe that because she's been kind of a, a zero on the show, for, at least for me. Uh, yeah, I, I've never liked Yara. I like Yara in the books. Yara in the books comes out, comes across as a strong, powerful woman that's in control. And um, the Yara in the show is more like any other badass in the show. I feel like David and Dan's, the Double D's, their idea of a badass is just a terrible human being, just a douchebag. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of what they made Yara. They made her a girl douchebag. Um, I, I don't, and she, she doesn't seem to have any, I don't know, like if I never see her again, I don't care. I mean, the one thing I could see happening is that they do have to retreat temporarily. Because um, I, I full, and we'll talk about this towards the end. What do we think the fallout will be from next week? But I, I fully expect the North to get their ass fucking handed to them. I think they'll get the their upper hand, but then there'll be like something that just fucks them over. And then there's a small band of very few people that have to like somehow pull a magical weapon. I don't know. More on that later. But I could see them mm-hmm. retreating to um, the Iron Islands temporarily to then go find the children of the forest or something or get a magical weapon. Um, but you're right. Who? Ca- I mean, I don't know what Theon's going to do. I feel like Theon's just going to die valiantly next week defending Bran. That's all like, yeah. that's, that's what is his story arc? If he's not going to be the ruler of the Iron Islands, which is what I think they're setting him up to be in the books a little bit. Um I feel like he's got nothing to do. He's already rescued Yara. He's already rescued Sansa. So mm-hmm. I don't know what, how much more redeeming does he have to do. I don't know. I think he's redeemed at this point. I think so too. So the only thing left for him yeah. to do is die. And we're going to talk about right. this when we get into our. Uh, we're going to talk about dead Deadpool next uh, this this time as far as who we think is going to be dead and why. Uh, but I think Theon's <laughs> definitely going to die because he's <laughs> my uh, <laughs> Ryan sister, Reynolds. No, my sister got in a uh, in a uh, one of those survive like they were supposed to pick who survived. Yeah, and one person in the group picked Cersei Lannister number one overall. Nice. Yeah, that would be I a guess, big uh, fuck you. Yeah, that would. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's it. I, um, so moving on from Theon, unless you got anything else for him, I, I don't. No, I don't know what he's going to do. All right, so then. Uh, we get to see uh, Davos and Gilly, and Davos is, you know, as they prepare, Davos is handing out food, telling, um, I don't know, normal guys going, hey, uh, I'm just here and I don't want to die. I'm not a soldier. Everybody's a soldier now. <laughs> and then, okay. 
And then uh, Gilly's telling all the kids that we're going to hang out in the crypts. We'll be safe, which we know they won't be somehow. That's fun. Um, but then Dava sees a girl with a scarred cheek. I don't think it's grayscale, but obviously you're supposed to think of Shireen. And mm-hmm. it's a nice touching moment for Davos. And I think Davos is going to die next week because of this. I feel like he's doesn't have much to do. Uh, he's just another advisor. He was hanging out with the other a pool of advisors, uh, Varys and Tyrion, and there's just too many of those type of people. What is Davos's story arc? Yeah, I don't know. And I try to if I if I'm trying to figure out whether someone's going to live, I try to think of what their role would be post battle, and it's really hard for me to figure out what he would be post battle. I mean the the best. So I mean I don't know if there's a poetic or like ironic uh ending for him but the happiest ending for him would just be to go the fuck home and be a normal person again um that's true yeah and i guess that would be kind of fulfilling but i I don't i don't know i feel like we'll get other people that'll they'll do that you know what i mean i'm hoping samwell will be that character who just has like a normal life um but you know what do i know yeah and so we had some of the heaviest foreshadowing we've ever had in this scene the, the, just wouldn't shut up about how safe the crypts were. Oh God! So yeah, I I wonder what's going to happen. Um, you know, some are theorizing that the Starks that are buried down there will rise from the dead, but I don't know that that makes sense because I think everyone down there had to have been dead for long enough that you know their tissues and tendons and I mean I don't know how they even you know I'm what thinking they get more around. Practical, us, you know? like mm-hmm. uh, you're going into like a basement, like it's right. like in a horror movie. Uh, if unless the basement has two exits. What are you doing down there? It's just if Winterfell does get taken, which is a pos, mm-hmm. it's on the fucking table. Uh, how are you getting out, man? The Crips could have like a secret exit. I, I can't recall. It's been a I while. Think since I think that they the do. Books. I think I saw online that they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, I know that in but the so, but that might be like you know ten good zombies to impregnate bitch. You yeah, know who knows? Um, yeah. So and uh, yeah, and then other people are theorizing that perhaps. These Starks arise as like Benjins, you know, they're they're good zombies, and that could be like the thing that turns the battle around. Okay, only if the only the only way that'll work is if Bran learns to warg the dead, which I think could happen. Like, I mean, I mean, people are saying Bran could warg Viserion, the the dead dragon, and I'm thinking, well, if he could do that, well, couldn't he just warg the already dead people? Maybe not the dead right. people that the Night King is taken, maybe the fallen soldiers of uh Winterfell. And maybe Bran has to be put down because he's he becomes a Night King because he can resurrect people and use them as an army. I don't know. I, there's all sorts of great possibilities here. I don't know. It's Yeah, I think the real the, the one that would be like the most uh, impactful and probably crazy is if everyone down in the crypts ends up dying and then the Night King brings back, you know, this child army or women yeah. army. They, they um, are they are showing a groups. lot of kids. There were there were a yeah. lot of scenes of not only this little girl, but there were scenes of kids hanging out. There was that scene of Miss Sandy going over to say hello to the kids <laughs> that were hanging out. So the they're showing these kids. We are going to see dead reanimated children next week. It's a guarantee. Like yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, if, the crypts in the show too, and in, in the books as well. You know, they're always um, in the very important places, so they have to be involved. I would be shocked if the the reason behind the, or what the crypts' role in the final thing wasn't one of the bullet points from Gurm to the yeah, D&D. something important has to go down in the crypts. I mean, they right. they're, they're ancient. They are prehistoric, uh, as far as before written history. The Starks, the people that live there forgotten the importance of what the the uh, crypts are for i mean they they still abide by a lot of the traditions with the the swords and the direwolf sculptures but um and then people are saying you know all you know if they all come back are we going to see dead catlin are we going to see dead rob stark and i, I said no uh the only Who person, have a head? <laughs> well exactly, yeah. exactly the only person's bones that we've known come back in, in the recent starks has been catlin uh, maybe Bran Ned Stark as well. Bran, Ned too. Bran, right? No, no I'm sorry. Oh, not Catelyn. Rickon. Rickon and Ned. Catelyn mm-hmm. didn't come back. We have no evidence that Catelyn came back. We have no evidence that Bran, uh, Rob Stark came back. Mm-hmm. Um, Benjen didn't come back. I mean, Benjen's already reanimated. Who cares? He got killed, I guess. 
Ugh, I don't even want to talk about Benjamin. That makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, I got you. All right, and then this is the second like uh, emotional misstep for me. Uh, where the swelling music comes in and like riders approaching and they go out and oh it's just uh Dolores and um Barrick and uh Tormund which I'm glad to see Tormund but it wasn't emotional and I guess maybe the emotional like swelling music was just to set up Tormund coming over and like bear hugging John like before he could get to his real friends I don't know uh but there's the reunion the gang's back together <laughs> Huzzah. Yeah. yeah. The over-the-wall gang. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm happy to see those guys back. Oh, I am, too. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I question the... Uh, swelling music. Yeah, I question the uh, emotional swelling music. That's all I'm saying. Right. I got you. Yeah, and also just kind of silly, uh, you know, that they... Oh, we just rode around the army. I mean, this army... Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, how so wide do you have to go around the army? Like, Yeah. Because they... I, mean, they, I know that that's the only way they could have gotten back, but... It just seems silly as hell, especially because the Night's King was flying around on, on a dragon. I don't know that he well, wouldn't be able to see. Yeah, I guess. But that's the same thing you say about all the Targaryens. Like, they could always outfly their army, but they don't. So, Right. And, you know, it seems like the uh, Whites can run fast when they want to. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess when they're just traveling, they move at a slow pace for some reason. I don't know. But yeah, we've discussed how that, that inconsistency yeah. really has bothered me. It's yeah. annoying. Uh, and, you know, fast, fast zombies are okay. Uh, I, I just, I think overwhelming and relentless zombies being slow is more terrifying, but that's just my personal preference. Moving on. Okay, and then we have the uh, battle plan scene, which, I mean, I don't know where they get these uh, props, like, in-universe for these battle planning scenes. Yeah. Uh, they're ri- they're really ridiculous. Um, particularly when it's just like, okay, this is our forces, our forces, and then this big pile of Legos, <laughs> that's the fucking whites and the white walkers. I don't know. That is funny. Yeah, it, it, it did seem goofy to me. Um, how do you plan for a battle? You don't know what their strategy is. Like, <laughs> what is their strategy? Yeah. You know, and there's also a lot of holes around the battle strategy. Uh, I, I would like to tie it up, you know. Doesn't she suppose, isn't Danny supposed to have like 50,000 Dothraki screamers, but we've seen like two yeah. of them this season so far. Uh, is every wildling but Thorman dead at this point? Uh, How many Night's out- Watch people are left? Yeah. Wherefore art thou, or, wherefore art thou Edmure? Um, where's Melisandre? Yeah, um, Melisandre. Okay, we got to talk about that real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who comes back as like a... I don't know if they're going to turn the tide, but they're going to show up. It's either going to be, or both, Melisandre and the the Flaming Hand, which hasn't been really talked about on the show, at least Melisandre. Let's just say Melisandre. Or uh, Arya's uh, wolf, Nymeria, and her pack, which is going to show up. Oh, I don't know. Well, what about Jack and Hagar? I mean, there's a lot of different people. I guess, but like Jack and Hagar and like the Faceless Men don't have any dog in this fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Right. Whereas the uh, the red, you know, Melisandre, this is the Lord of Light. You have Beric, who's the one, like, Lord of Light person representing that whole religion. But Melisandre's the biz- bi- uh, biggest fanatic, and she even said she's coming back. We've seen her in, like, promo right. uh, stuff for the season, so she'll be there. I'm thinking she's going to have to come back next se- next episode for the battle. I don't know. It makes sense that she would turn the tide, I think, because she does have magic powers. Um, what was the, What did you say about the red hand? Oh, the uh, fiery hand. That's the uh, yeah. thousand um, slave soldiers at uh, the temple in uh, Volantis. I think we might have seen some of that. A talk about that when um, Jorah kid- kidnapped uh, Tyrion in Volantis. Uh, but regardless, there's a small army of um, you know worshippers of Valor that are badasses. Um, so they could show up. Yeah, that'd be, that would feel pretty cheap, though, considering I, I mean, I've watched the show a number of times and yeah. I don't recall anything about I this. I agree with that. So I, I'm just putting mm-hmm. it out there. I think Melisandre could come come in setting people on fire and shit. I don't know. Yeah, or it would be a catalyst for the uh, the, the Azora High prophecy or one of these other prophecies. Yeah, I, somehow. I, I want to revisit the prophecies at the end to talk about, like, okay, let's check in on the prophecies. How could they be fulfilled at this point? Right. Um, I, I, some people think that, like, uh, Mel, uh, Melisandre will be Nisa Nisa, but I don't think anybody loves her, so I don't give a shit. Like she can't be Nisa Nisa because Nisa Nisa was Azor High's like wife, or at least somebody he loved and cared about a lot. And I don't think anybody gives a shit about Melisandre, especially not yeah. Davos Seaworth. Davos Seaworth might plunge a fucking sword in her heart, but it's not going to be like 
I love you. No, it's going to be like, yeah. die, bitch. Um, yeah, no discussions of the undead dragon here. They apparently don't have a plan to deal with that. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I don't recall if it was here or later, but Brianna's put in charge of uh, one of the, the hosts or whatever they call oh, yeah. it. Which I, I, I don't think she's shown any battle experience. She can just fight well. So I don't know why, like, Bronze John Royce or somebody who's actually a, a battle commander wouldn't be put in charge with a fucking Dothraki, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't really get that. And then. Uh, I feel like yeah, the Dothraki think, are probably yeah. the best. Uh, like, if we were going to take this as, like, reality here, the Dothraki being mobile seem like the biggest advantage that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of the ice dragon stopping the Dothraki, but you got to think you have so many Dothraki, you could probably split them up that even the ice dragon couldn't take care of all of them. And you like go around and try to flank them or get behind the army of the dead. Like, right. if you know that there are, if, and they know because they want to take out the Night King, but if you know that from, you know for a fact that you've killed one, uh, what are they called on the show? Not the others, but the White Walkers, the old men. The guys that mm-hmm. are in charge. John killed one of them, and like all the whites, which are the zombies, fell to the floor except for one. So we right. know that killing them, if not the 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 main guy, the Night King, will take out vast swaths of the army. So you got to go for those guys. And the best way to do that would be being more mobile. It, it just has to be, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then it, was this the scene where Fran did the um, <clears throat> his speech about... That oh. The Night's King just, just wants to kill or wants to eliminate the memory of yeah, men. Yeah, let's talk or about that. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's up with this? Which is so stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like, we've got no time for poetry and metaphor, motherfucker. You know what's the most important thing if you want to wipe out people? Killing people. Killing babies yeah. might be more effective. Uh, but guess what? Killing people is the best way to cause an end to everything. Fuck you with his memories bullshit. I, knowing, okay. You know, personally, I've had a grandparent who had Alzheimer's and couldn't remember shit, and that was the death of them. All right? But talking about a group of people, like, if if, if the memories of Westeros die, then <laughs> we're all dead. What? No, man, you can right. make new memories. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and it's way too, like, poetic, and it just seemed out of place and forced. I, I really hated it, if you could Yeah, tell. and I don't think that if the... If if the Night King is just trying to kill him to eliminate men's memory, <laughs> kill everyone, then where is this subtle or, or revealing turn that's supposed to come? Because that does just sound like Night's King just trying to kill everyone. That, that, you know, so right. I don't really know where they're going to come up with this deeper meaning that supposedly is going to blow everyone away. Because that speech certainly would not indicate that as forthcoming. And, and let's talk about this: a night that never ends. That is not an end in and of itself. To what to what purpose does? The Night King want an endless night. What'll happen? Will his people be able to procreate and live and grow and thrive? Does Is he doing it for vengeance? If so, it's vengeance. It's not a night that never ends. You know what I mean? Like A night right. that never ends is not uh, the end-all, be-all motivation. Uh, and this is what's frustrating me. We don't know what the Night King and the other's motivation is still. And for Bran to say something this uh, dumb or unsatisfying uh, is frustrating. Yeah, especially because he, if he knows this much, he has to know other things that would help them out. And I guess he's just not doing that because it interrupts his plans or what he's trying to do. But at the same time, you know, the, to me, that would telegraph that he has other motives. I mean, it's entirely – I don't know. It's just there's so many questions. And with Bran sitting around and skul- skulking and – other, but he has been delivering like the best lines of each episode. Um, but it, like they, they, this is a, another incident where they're be, just being completely purposefully obtuse, which is frustrating to me with him. It is absolutely, and once again, this is why I hate the brand character right now. Just go away. Like if he was just like in a trance, like going through all of time looking for important shit. That to me would be a value add over what we have now, which is just right. a guy saying cryptic shit, not being helpful, and just creeping everybody out, and just being boring. Uh, it's just mystery for mystery's sake. It's just like an episode of Lost that goes nowhere. Um, right. So uh, the only other thing that Brand does say is that he's tried to kill every three-eyed crow or three-eyed raven that there ever was kind of thing. Like he always – and he's coming for me. So – 
for real, just put him on an ox cart and send him to King's Landing and then <laughs> go behind the army of dead. And then that way you do what's to Cersei, what Cersei was trying to have the dead do to uh, John, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Just just take <clears throat> take Bran to King's Landing. Done. Yeah, no, a good plan. I, I don't know. Fuck that guy. <laughs> They're okay He's got all the memories. Yeah. Oh, no, not the memories. Uh, yeah. Get Gilly on some scrapbooking right now, guys. <laughs> just about to say, let's start scrapbooking. <laughs> you know what? We're so similar. This is great. I know. All yeah. right. Uh, just hit it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, then we get Grey Worm and Missandei. And uh, so we're not going to talk about this. Dead. I think it would be more tragic if she died and he lived, but oh. uh, either way, one of them or both of them are going to die. There's no way that that doesn't happen. One those one of those three outcomes is going to happen, right? Yeah, no question. He he, he just made retirement plans. You know, he's yeah. going to die. It's 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 a the oldest cliche in the world. You know, the cop the cop movie or the cop show or I'm five ways five days away from retirement. I got a yeah. pretty spot in Arizona all picked up. Yeah, you're fucked. Yep, no question. Uh, yeah, other than that, I don't care. Like emotionally, if we lose Grey Worm or Miss Andy, I'm not going to feel anything. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I don't really care about that very much. There's just too many other people to care about, and mm-hmm. there's only so much love, which is why you shouldn't have more than three children. Hear that, guys? It, it was it was interesting though that I think this is the first time that they've said anything about the details of Miss Andy's life. Um, at all. I don't no, no, no. Be- when uh, no? Uh, season seven, when Davos arrived with John, they were mm-hmm. going up to Dragonstone, and mm-hmm. Davos was trying to chat up Miss Sandy, and she said, uh, I'm from North, North, or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I've heard good things about North. They've got beautiful butterflies, and blah, blah, blah. So she, she mentioned North before, so, but just a little bit. Okay. So they, she said one sentence about where, about where she was from. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the only reason I remember that shit is because we watched it like three weeks ago. Okay, so yeah. I don't remember it. I wouldn't have. Who cares? These people, and you know, I, I'd love for Grey Worm to be like a wholly, fully realized character. I understand he's like a traumatized uh, man child who's been in slavery his whole life, but like it doesn't seem like any of the unsullied. Like it's weird because they want to give the unsullied their freedom. But mm-hmm. they don't want to give them the freedom to have a personality or to <laughs> like. Why are they still loyal? Wouldn't there be some deserters? Wouldn't there? I don't know. It seemed like it'd be a lot more complex. It seems like they want to have the benefit of having a slave army with them not being slaves, but acting like slaves the whole time. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. All right. So who cares about those people? All right, and then we get the beginnings of the sad fireplace party which i i gotta say i would i'd love this whole thing from start to finish the the sad fucking fireplace uh party hangout uh it's the best it's from from top to bottom it's the best part of this episode Fighting. yeah I, I thought it was solid um complete fan service obviously absolutely but in the, um, the best kind of fan service yeah oh, i agree with that i agree with that um, yeah, I liked it for sure. I did not understand Tormund. The whole story about the the giant thing. I I, I mean, I guess people thought it was funny. I don't, no, no. I don't know. Okay, so Stuff. the Tormund thing that that's like a story. I don't know if that's the exact story. I don't remember if he sleeps with a bear or sleeps with a giant. But basically, it was one of the tall tales pulled from what Tormund in the books did. But the problem is, is that Tormund in the books told crazy outlandish stories like that all the time. Tormund on the TV show doesn't, so him doing it right now just seems weird, right? Yeah. that's that. You know what? That's a good encapsulation. Yes, and then that combined with why is he even drinking that whatever he's drinking like that? I don't understand what the purpose of that was other than if he was just trying to be weird. And I don't once know. again, that's more fan service. In the, uh, the Wildlings drink fermented milk, I think, and I think Tormund in the show mentioned that once offhandedly to John, but once again, it's not something you're going to remember, so it's just weird. Um and and when he drank and when he drank it way too long, I was like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. You need to cut away, cut it. Just you know, feel like right. thing where uh, Jonah Hill just is like, give him the kill it sign. Uh, well, 
yeah, it, it seems like a lot of times with Torben, they're just writing him to be weird and crazy, just to be weird and crazy. Yeah. And it doesn't always fit the character very well, but it sounds like it fits the book character fairly well. So, well, uh, Torben in the in the book, it, you know, he acts crazy, like he acts like a silly, fun grandpa, but then he'll like kill somebody with his bare hands. So you aren't sure if he's like, you know, like a Joker character where he like is doing this he's a gregarious character but he is still a dangerous person uh, right and you get none of that in the show he is just all comic relief but i gotta say compared to the dumb shit and i watched it again i've always had blue eyes was so fucking terrible but people loved it you were right people loved that shit and it was awful uh, yeah. meanwhile i didn't get it this episode all his like i i want to <laughs> i want to have sex with brianne stuff was funny um, I enjoyed his like eventual dumb clapping at the end when uh, we'll get there. Uh, spoiler alert: Brienne becomes a knight. Um, but I, I I enjoy him as the comic relief. So if he's just comic relief, that's fine. Fine, I don't care. Uh, but okay. So cutting away from the uh, sad fireplace party, uh, we get Arya um, and the Hound, which I thought was a waste of time. What was the point of Arya going to see the Hound and then Beric showing up and then Arya like piecing out immediately when Beric show up? I don't know. Uh, well, the the explanation I came up with is that um, she's held herself to be uh, to like be this tough killer, and her being up there with the Hound makes her realize that maybe she doesn't want to be a tough killer. Maybe she does have some degree of human left into her, which would explain some of her actions here in a few moments. So I think that's the, the simplest explanation. My explanation was she went up there to like maybe fuck the hound, but then Beric showed up and she's like, no, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. I know. His boy's going to want to get involved. <laughs> yeah, he's do. like, he's going to at least want to watch. I don't know. Yeah. With the and, one eye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so, yeah. yeah I, I, so who's dying? I, I mean, we, I, we're pretty Beric's sure the hound has to live because we're going to yeah, have exactly. Clegane Mole. So Beric is definitely going to die in I some want, bittersweet way, I think. What I want is I want Beric to die defending the hound because the hound like freezes up because of the whole fire thing. But then the hound takes up Beric's fire sword and kicks ass and gets over his fear of fire uh, and is just a man born hard a second time. Um, so I want him to get over his fear of fire. That has to happen. I feel like there's two things he has to confront in his past, and they're related. His fear of fire, but that's mm-hmm. directly related to his fear of his brother because his brother burned his face off uh, when he was a small child. Um mm-hmm. So I feel like he's got to get over the fire thing first, and I'm hoping he does that by uh, after Beric gets killed, because Beric, there's no use for him. Like, what is he going to do? Like, he seems like a fake Azor high because he's got his, like, Lightbringer fire sword. Yeah. And that incredible voice. It, that is, it always sounds like he has, like, a frog in his voice, but only, but the, like, the superb, I was, we are so similar. I don't know if the moon cycles have, have synced up between us. But I, I took note of that as well. He he just has this gravel voice, which I can't even begin to, like, um, imitate. But he has an amazing voice. So maybe yeah, he'll, no question. Maybe he'll narrate the books going forward after Roy Detrice. Is Roy Detrice alive? Who cares? I don't know. All right. Uh, so, yeah, after Arya strikes out with the Hound is what I'm going to see it as. She goes and is, like, practicing archery. Oh, we didn't talk about the, the earlier part where... Arya was creeping on Gendry. He was like hammering shit with like his shirt kind of open and there's like steam right. going up <laughs> and she's giving, <laughs> she's creeping on him. Like Tormund's creeping on, um, um, Brienne. Uh, but, and then she does the dumb thing where I hate it, where they make somebody be a badass by sh- them doing something unrealistically badass in like a second where she throws the three dragon glass daggers. Yeah. So dumb. What's the point? I don't know. It's sometimes that her, like, the badass assassin that she's supposed to become is just too much. Um, you know, because it's not like she trained for 20 years. She, I don't know. Who, how long was she actually even over there? Unless there's some kind of magical abilities that faceless men pick up. But sometimes I just don't buy some of the badassery that they try to put forward for her. I agree. But they, they've done a they've done a better job of making her seem more human, unlike mm-hmm. Bran. You know what I mean? Like, they both Bran and Arya are people who, uh, whatever have great power now and they've changed them too much. Uh, but I feel like they're pulling Arya back and making her a little more human by like defending Sansa, 
giving John big hugs and stuff and being vulnerable again. Like she's she's slowly coming out of it. I agree though, in this moment, like it, it's unrealistic. It takes me out of it. It's a dumb it seems yeah. it's like, oh, I'm watching a TV show. All right. Um but she goes to like shoot arrows uh, after leaving the hound, and then Gendry gives her her magic weapon, which people are still thinking that it's not just a staff, that like the staff will come apart into two, so you might get your woolly bird after years. <laughs> Nearly decades at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but anyway, um, somebody needed to fuck this episode. You know, it's the end of the world as we know it, and, uh, you know... I knew Tormund wasn't going to do it with Brienne, so I figured somebody, it had to happen. But I didn't think they were going to do it. Um, but Arya wants to get laid before she dies, so she hooks up with Gendry. Um, I didn't mind it. Um, some people are really taken aback because we saw her as a child. And the only thing I'll say to that is, I agree. I, I have a problem with this show in, in general. They always cut away from a sex scene like 30 seconds too late. Like, I feel like all we needed her to do was maybe take off her shirt, see her from the back and then maybe say, I'm not going to take off your pants. And then like, that's it. And then we just know that they have sex, but it seemed like they lingered too much. Like Gendry gets to look at her scars. Like, what does that matter to Gendry? What does that matter to anything? Oh, she's been abused. Who cares? We're all going to die. I didn't really care for this. I, I mean, I do think, like I said earlier, it's supposed. I think it's supposed to show that she does have some humanity left. But I, I don't know. I kind of still think of her as a kid. Um, I think in the show she should be about seventeen or eighteen. Um, but I, I don't know. It just didn't. Uh, I didn't particularly care for it, and I couldn't tell how how much Gendry was into it. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a weird scene. And I mean, if it is designed to show her humanity, then I guess I get it. But I don't think that was really necessary. And I didn't take anything other, away from it other than. She's still a killing machine, but now she wants to do it. So, okay. <laughs> That's the, the point. I agree with most of that. The one thing I did enjoy was the line where, how many how many girls you sleep with? I don't know. I didn't keep count. Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> that was the one line I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Because like, uh, yeah. it, it was entertaining. I, I don't know. That was some lo- low-red STD testing right there. <laughs> there you go. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't have clinics. There's no right. time. The end of the world. She's like, if I survive all this, I do not want to have, uh, you know, sores. Right. Um, one thing that's interesting is that uh, he, we finally see it uh, from the first episode. We now have a Baratheon and a Stark that are finally re- are finally united. That's right. Like and Robert we'll talk Baratheon about and it, we'll yeah. talk about who lives and dies and uh, the other TV or soap opera like convention that this show very very well might be following. Is everybody who has sex one time pregnant? Uh, we're assuming that Danny and John are pregnant, so that's why I think Danny can't die just yet. Can is there a possibility that Arya is pregnant mm-hmm. and Gendry dies? Who knows? You know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. So then we go back to the fireplace scene, and oh, we have man. the knighting. And this is—I got to tell you. I fucking loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, I, I, Brienne's li- more likable in the books than she is in the show, but she's still very likable in the show. And to have her get like her fucking like child like desire of becoming like an astronaut or whatever is mm-hmm. amazing. Like it just it was done so fucking well. Yeah, was, I agree. It was good. And the fact that it was Jamie that did it, like. That was great. Yeah, it does see. I don't know. It seems goofy that just any any knight can make another person a knight. That's canon. Yeah. Okay. Then I won't argue with it. In the in the uh, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, I think the first uh, Duncan Egg story, um, it said that any knight can make a knight. Uh, and Dunk, the the main protagonist, the uh, <coughs> the guy, uh, says the old man that was his. He was like a squire for another knight, and he says the old man knighted him, but it's pretty pretty like obvious that he didn't do it but it's just a dumb ceremony and like unless somebody can vouch for you like okay i was knighted uh what happened to the guy that knighted you oh he's dead so we can't prove it but where's your id yeah where's your id right Mm -hmm. i I don't know i i just loved it uh 
because I love these people just hanging out and bullshitting. Like it's not just this this scene. I feel like it's it's the culmination of all the fireplace bullshit of them hanging out talking about like hey, we've been through some troubles, you know, and they're just they're just waiting. And and other, I've heard people like compare uh what this scene was, like preparing for a test, a big test at school, preparing for like a big I don't know, sports ball game. I don't know. I'm so cool I don't play. Jesus. <laughs> so cool I don't play sports. Uh but it just I, I don't know, identified with this like impending like dread of I, I feel like I've been in this situation somehow and I don't I can't tell you why. <laughs> you haven't. I know I haven't been in a yeah. situation where I'm talking to strangers and, and we're all about to die. I know that. Mm, I'm right. just saying I feel like I have been. Okay. Good for you. Did you did more, you not enjoy more, this? No, I did. I did. I, I, yes, I did enjoy it. That's all I'm saying. And then Tormund clapping like an idiot at the end. Yeah, uh, that was funny. And he, uh, I don't know if you noticed, he also bent his knee. Or he, I think he got down on one knee, which uh, is something, you know, the, the uh, wildlings wouldn't ordinarily do. Yeah, so right. We do not kneel, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and then we have Jorah getting heartsbane. Yeah, followed by Leanna being sassy. Oh, um, she's dead, right? Uh, I've done a wedding on her, but at least she acknowledged the relationship. So that was good. I'm um, glad that they did have an exchange. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam, I, I don't know what the, I, I guess Jorah's going to die. I don't know how else to explain this. Um, well, he wants, uh, he wants his sword back. He's like, I'll see you after the battle. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, um, yeah, so now we have all five pieces of Illyrian steel in Winterfell as well. Okay, I put um, this in my. Uh, oh, sorry, I put this in my yeah. notes about. I want to talk about Valyrian steel, dragonglass, and fire. Okay, well, let's get to it. We're already at a pretty long time here. All right, let's let's uh, yeah speed this up. So, here's the thing: we have two groups of baddies, as the British would call them. Uh, we have the White Walkers, which are the old men, uh, the Night King, and I'm guessing all the bastard children of Craster. Which I think all of Craster's children. I think Craster was a. That's another theory, but I think Craster was a, a bastard Targaryen as well. So I think hmm. he's got magic blood, um, because of uh, Blood Raven. When he was at the Wall, he had sex with a bunch of people. Because um, Blood Raven, or no Blood Raven, he was the previous three eyed crow on the show. Guys, if you haven't read the books, I, I can't deal with you. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so we have White Walkers and we have Whites. So we have the main bad guys and we have the zombies, right? Right. They can be killed. Both of them can be killed by Valyrian Steel. Established. White Walkers and both Whites can be killed by Valyrian Steel, right? Yes. I'm just listening. Dragonglass can kill both of them. Um, uh, and that was learned by Sam. Sam stabs the White Walker in the back when he was uh, coming for Gilly with a dragonglass dagger. Mm-hmm. But fire is the one thing that's different. The fire can destroy the zombies, but not the White Walkers. It's been seen several times that the White Walkers walk through fire. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how important is the Valyrian Seal going to be? Like I don't know. I, I, we've been talking about Valyrian Steel like they're magical swords, and they kind of are, but like, what's going to happen with them? I thought that they could kill everything. They can kill everything, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, is Jorah, just because he has a Valyrian Steel sword, going to be able to, like, plow through a million dudes? I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't think so. But they, the Valyrian Steel swords, I feel like they can... I don't know. The Dragonglass can do it, too, so I, I just don't understand... Why Valyrian steel is so important when Dragonglass can do the job of Valyrian steel? Uh, that's a good question that I don't have the answer to. Well, you're supposed to have the goddamn answers. That's why we have you on the show. Oh, boy. This is taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Okay, and then we have the John and Danny reveal. I felt like it was done well. I think that uh, Danny has done some of her best acting as of late. Like, I enjoyed mm-hmm. her being fake nice to Sansa earlier in the episode. And I feel like she did a great job reacting to the weird news and the fact that she, first of all, was not like, I'm related to you. We've been fucking. She's all like, wait a minute. You could take my shit. Um, 
is another step that they're setting her up to be a bad guy or at least being conflicted. I don't know. Yeah, I think that really was them trying to set it up, I, I believe, um, because she's still just so concerned with the, the throne, you know, with getting the throne instead of why it's important or what it actually means to be a ruler. She just wants it. And now she's realizing that Danny, that John has the better claim than her. And she's trying to process that one. We have, again, conversation interrupted by a horn. Um, a lot of drama. Yep, a lot of drama, but no time for that. We got other things right. to do. All right. So, and then that's how the uh, episode ends. Anything we missed? Like, there are other things like uh, Jamie and Tyrion's walk and talk, which I feel like didn't really accomplish much anything. Um, I'm sure we missed other shit, but. Yeah. I mean, nothing that I wrote down. Um, the interesting part was seeing these, uh, the white walkers at the end and no Night's King there. All right. Let's talk. On, let's talk about yeah. pure speculation. Do you think mm-hmm. the Night King will bypass Winterfell and just take out King's Landing uh, as has been speculated or theorized? I really don't know, uh, the, but his absence from these the previews and then the, the end of this episode really would indicate to me that, yeah, he's not there. But um, And it would make sense for him to go down and, and try to pick off King's Landing because then, hey, he's got a whole other army now and he can do kind of a pinch to move and then they might end up meeting in, in the uh, the trident as the final battle. Is one, one theory I saw, so... Uh, I, I could definitely see that. It's certainly possible within the what we know so far about what's coming up. Uh, and I think that would be an interesting twist, especially for people who maybe haven't been paying quite as close attention as we have. I think if that happens, there's two, there's a couple things. Uh, I think if that happens, I think that the people in the North will be victorious. But it'll mm-hmm. be an empty victory because not only will the Night King have gone south, but he's killed a lot of people and resurrected them. Uh, and then, like, has a brand new army, a new group of people to to kill. But I don't think that's going to happen. Like, even if he goes south to attack King's Landing, I don't think Cer- Cersei's going to die because they haven't set her up. Like, if we just get, like, there were no scenes of Cersei this week at all. Right. And if she, if they do bypass Winterfell and he does go to King's Landing, we're not going to see any of that shit next episode. I'm thinking the next episode is going to be all Winterfell, all the time, 100% battle. And if we do see a dragon descending on uh, King's Landing, it'll be like the last thing we see. Yeah, I mean, that'd be one way to play it, for sure. Um, but yeah, interesting. I, and I don't think that we really have any uh, any concrete clues as to what's going to happen, all which right, is so good. Rampage so at least like, there's some surprises left. Absolutely. And I said that earlier, and I agree with 100%. I don't know what's going to happen, and that's fucking exciting. Um so what's your guess? What's your guess as far as like how we're going to talk about individual de- deaths here really quick, but I just want to know outcome of the battle. Where does it, where do we go from there? I don't know, Doug. I really just, don't know. What do, you, what do you want to happen or what do you think is most likely? I, I, think the, I think that the North will prevail against the Knight's army and then head down. South. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't have anything that that tells me either way what to do, and I'm not big on speculation, so I don't really know what's going to happen. Oh, man, you must really hate the NFL offseason if you're not big on speculation, because that's all it is. Uh, I love speculation. I love the what-ifs, and I don't have any really – I don't get personal about it. I don't, like, fall in love with any theory. Uh, Game of Thrones is sci-fi. But, um, oh, God. Let's talk about (laughs) – we have to talk about theories real quick. Very quickly, and we're going to do the uh, – let's do live or die. Okay, death list. This is who I have definitely dying next week. We already talked about Missandei Grey Worm. One of them, both of them, doesn't matter. All right, I think Brienne's dead. Not only do I think Brienne's dead, I think Brienne's going to come back as a white and Jamie's going to have to kill her. Thoughts? That's a good theory. I think she's done everything. Like, she got her wish. She got her heart's desire being knighted. Like, there's nothing right. left for her to do. She I think that's an excellent theory, yes. Okay, Davos, dead. Agree, disagree, don't have strong Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put him at 70 to 80% likelihood of death next week. All right, Beric, dead. I mean, that's got to be a given. Well, yep. I don't know. You're asking me questions for things I don't just know. Just gut, insta- gut, gut, um, gut feeling, just gut feeling. No yeah, he'll, gonna... probably die next, he'll probably die next one. Theon, dead. Probably. Okay, Arya or Gendry? 
Uh, I don't think Arya will die yet. I think she's going to be involved with Cersei's death somehow. Uh, Gendry, I don't really know. It's a coin flip on Gendry. Yeah, uh, my thing with Arya not dying is I feel like not only could she be preggers, but I think more importantly, we haven't seen her use much faceless. Like, she has to do, like, a faceless assassination besides Walter Frey. Like, I feel like that's just... Right. She's got to kill somebody by stealing a face, right? No question about it. All right. Dolores. And, and actually, that would make sense, too. One theory is that she is the one who actually kills Cersei, but using Jamie's face. Could be. Which would, you know, theoretically fill the Valonqar prophecy. Very well could be, and I'd be satisfied with that. Dolores said. I, I mean, you're asking me, hey, I don't know. I mean, do you care? <laughs> like, if you're going to kill people, I think you're a showrunner. You're like, I got to kill people. Like, what What good is Dolores Ed going to do after this episode? Nothing. I think he's dead. That, that'd be fair, but there still have to be people left in order to fight Cersei, I would think, unless it goes a completely different way on this. True, but, like, I don't I don't know what uh, Dolores would be bring to the table unless he was really leading the Night's Watch, which we, like I said, we didn't see anybody else from the Night's Watch show up besides Tormund and, um, I don't know. Wait, I got some asshole texting me. Let me see what it says. Uh, are we going to end? This is tedious bullshit from Brian. Well, uh, that's upsetting. All right, I just, <laughs> yeah, you're just I don't I don't wasn't prepared for this conversation. I don't, I don't have any care clue. if you're prepared. Don't, you know. It doesn't. No one's no one's gonna uh, uh, grade you or look back on this. All right, all right. So I was gonna talk about the theories of. You know, Valonqar, uh, Azor Ahai, could anything happen next week to fulfill those prophecies? That's the one thing I want to talk about, and then we'll get out of here, okay? That's fine. So I, I told you, I think Jamie could kill Brienne, and maybe Jamie could be Azor Ahai. I feel like the Hound could get Beric's sword, Fleming's mm-hmm. sword, could be Azor Ahai. And then, yeah, John is going to kill Danny at some point, maybe. But I don't think it's going to be next episode. Could be. But then... <laughs> Could be, but we have a lot of screen time left. That's what I'm, I just don't know what they're yeah. going to do for the next after. This is only episode three, and a lot of shit's going to go down. What's right. gonna, What's going to happen in the final three episodes? We haven't seen anything. Like, all the trailers and previews have been for these first three episodes, right? I believe so. I don't recall seeing anything that we shouldn't see next week, I don't think. Right. Even, like, the stuff in King's Landing, we haven't seen anything that we mm-hmm. haven't seen already that's already happened in, in episode one. I just don't know what the last three episodes are going to be. And that's, I guess this is what's great about um, not knowing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you're not into it, so I guess we're going to go. I guess we aren't as in sync as no, I thought. <laughs> you just keep asking me to speculate when I, I don't have anything to speculate on. I don't yeah, have any you can clue. just take guesses. Fucking shots in the darks. All right. All right. Moving on. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess we'll see you next Tuesday, and we'll break down the biggest cinematic battle so, of all they, time. Hold on. So, so do, do your Valonqar thing. That's fine. It's just I don't, I don't want to. I'm not in the mood to like try to formulate theories. I'll just react to it. And that's fine. No, no. I was think- just saying uh, we went over a bunch of theories that that have been known prophecies and theories, uh, and mm-hmm. I just want to say, given what we know now, said it going into this battle, will any of those theories pay off? Valonqar obviously won't happen. Uh, next week because it's doesn't seem like it has anything to do with King's Landing. So start from, start from the beginning and do what you wanted to talk about on it. That's fine. Just uh, don't keep pressing me to to, to uh, theorize when I don't want to theorize. All right, fine. Uh, so uh, Azor High, can we see uh, somebody plunge a heart a sword into somebody else's heart and they catch on fire or somehow like a sacrifice? I don't think so because I feel like that's going to be what puts an end to the Night King. I don't think the Night King ends next week. I think I would agree with that assessment. It's also difficult for me to say. I don't think that the pieces are there right now for that to actually happen either. Um, unless it's some just twist that we didn't see coming whatsoever. Given that there's three episodes left. So we at the beginning, I think you did speculate that you saw the Night King being wrapped up first and then everybody just having to turn around and deal with Cersei, which which is still valid. I just don't know how. Let's let's assume we do take care of the Night King next week and the Army of the Dead. Are we really going to spend three episodes with taking care of Cersei and then uh, political bullshit to see who 
takes the Iron Throne and and rules going forward? I, I just don't see that happening. No, I'm guessing that the battle will likely be two episodes. What they'll probably do is have a lot more uh, build up next week before the battle actually starts, and then maybe the battle spreads to the next episode, and then it's Cersei for the next two episodes, unless, again, they're just going to go completely off book and do one of these crazy things where, you know, next week it's all about the Night's King attacking uh, King's King's Landing or some other thing that we don't necessarily see. It could be. I, I really see... Uh, I see a lot of people dying. Uh, this is my speculation. I see a lot of people dying next week. I see them getting their ass kicked. I see them getting overruled, maybe even losing Bran. Uh, but somehow there's going to be this thing where they have all the dragon glass. They've even said it. We've got all the dragon glass. We've got a lot of men. We have strategy. But I feel like all their strategy is going to be worthless. And I feel like they're going to retreat. And I feel like shit is going to go down in King's Landing. Like I feel like the Army of the Dead is going to make its way down there. And then somehow, uh, magically, or I don't know, they're going to, like something we haven't seen yet is going to like turn the tide. Like, cause nothing they have now is going to work. That's the only thing I, I have a strong feeling that everything they have now, they don't have what they need to win. That's all I know. I, yeah, I don't know. I would, if I was handicapping this, I would put it in favor of the, uh, the living because I, I mean, I think they do, they have the dragon glass. They have, I mean, just tons of people. They have the two dragons against, you know, every single white is basically doused in gasoline. You'd think, so I actually do think that they had the resources, but I think that they're going to, excuse me, be taken based on some surprise that possibly is related to the Crips or something else that we're not seeing right now. It could be, but the outcome might be the same. You do think? I think the the right. living will win eventually at the end of the show, but I think yeah. this next episode, the living get their ass kicked. That's that's entirely on the table. No question about it. But I, I don't care what's on the table. I want to know your speculative opinion. I don't have one. Oh, man. I thought I knew you. Okay, wrapping it up, guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I guess the time for speculation will be over next week. We'll find out what happens. I'm, yes. I'm excited. I don't know. Six more sleeps. Only six more sleeps and we'll be there. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah. exciting. All right, guys. I guess we'll see you next Tuesday. And uh, Valor Magolas, I don't know. God, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> okay. All right, dude.